listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day all and welcome back to episode 69 of On the Road, our last show for the year. We hope you had a fantastic Christmas shared with family and friends. This week, to ease us out of 2021 and what a year it's been, Mike catches up with Natalie Kaskak, the Chair of Women in Trucking Australia. We're joined by Aussie music rising star Billy Joe Porter to talk about her new single and upcoming shows. Mike shares his experiences of shifting back east across the country and the associated dramas that entailed. We hear from trucking tax accountant Ben Charles in his Wake the Truck Up segment, plus great music from Troy Cassadaly and 8ball Aitken. It's time to take out 2021 with a bang, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get over that! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. As we continue mining this great country for exciting Aussie music talent, we've struck gold yet again. Growing up in a musical family, Billy Joe Porter cites as her early influences such music industry giants as Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Carole King, Shania Twain, The Waifs, and one of my personal favourites, Bonnie Raitt. She's been described as a beautiful ray of sunshine and her songs radiate hope, celebration and inspiration. Her latest single, Eyes Wide Open, is described as an upbeat boho live and let live anthem and is drawn from her soon-to-be-released debut album. If you haven't heard the name before, you'd better start getting used to it. We'll be hearing a lot more from this wonderfully gifted singer-songwriter well into the future. Here's the recent chat I had with the wonderful Billy Joe Porter. Billy, good morning and welcome to On The Road. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Andy. After everything I've heard about you, it's good to hear the voice. Great to speak to you as well. I read in your bio that your first solo single, Feels Like Us, was written, and I love this, at the Dag Sheep Station Songwriters Retreat. (laughs) There's nothing daggy about the song, though. Racing its way to the top of the Aussie country music charts, you must have been blown away by the huge success of your debut single. You know what? I really was. It's one thing to write a song and record it and then to hear it and think, ooh, this is a good one. But then you never know how things are going to be received. And I could never have told you that any song that I'd written would be popular with anyone. But yeah, I'm really thrilled that people have found themselves in that song and have connected to it so much. It is a great song. And speaking of great songs, your new single is titled Eyes Wide Open. That's a fantastic song. What's the background to it? Yeah, that's a good question. It was kind of a turbulent time where I'd been living over in North America for like around six years and me and my partner had packed up our lives over there to move back to Australia and set up shop, live the normal life and maybe get into a bit more music over here. And so, yeah, I was supposed to be doing something else. And of course, instead, inspiration struck and I started writing this song without thinking too hard about what I was actually trying to say. And it wasn't until after the fact that I've looked at the song and just really realized that I've nutted out the whole journey that I've been on through life, which is, you know, something that we all go through, you know, just trying to find ourselves. Who am I? Yeah. You find someone, you grab onto them and you love them, and then you just go with the roller coaster and see where you end up. Yeah. In this song, it kind of shows that I didn't have too many expectations on what was going to happen. I was just kind of going with the flow, but found myself where I needed to be. 
You've performed a lot of live shows too, though I guess that like so many others in the entertainment industry, the last year or so has slowed things down a bit for you in that respect. Yeah, it sure has. It was full tilt before and then the world kind of slowed up and everything stopped. But I took that time to connect with other people that were writing songs as well and just working on songwriting and recording the music that I've got now and figuring out a plan on how I was going to action it all. Mm. So for me, I guess it was kind of probably a break I needed to be able to focus on, okay, what's important and what's next kind of thing. A bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it was definitely a really difficult time for a lot of people and there was the highs and lows in it as well, but uh, yeah, I just tried to remain focused and keep on doing the things that filled my cup and I enjoyed just to ride that out. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing to remember for everyone is as long as we're trying to do those little things every day that, you know, make us happy and make us feel good, that can be just enough to get us over the line and to have enough to give everyone else. Yeah, very sage advice. Now, I believe you're all locked in for the Tamworth Country Music Festival in the new year, and with borders starting to open up again, it looks like 2022 is going to be a very busy year for you with a long list of shows coming up. Yeah, it's going to be flat out. Mm. Actually, yesterday I just dipped over to Tamworth because they announced the top 10 grand finalists of the Star Maker competition that happens over there each year, and I've, I've made it through to the top 10 for Toyota Star Maker. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's just we're on a runaway and I'm just enjoying the ride and I'm really excited to get over to Tamworth and to get right into it. And of course, you've got the launch of your debut album coming up. Can you tell us the title or is that a secret at this stage and when we're going to see it released? Andy, it's a secret because I haven't really figured out what the title is <laughs> going to be. Okay. But yeah, it is definitely something I'm working towards. I haven't really got any strong plans as to how that will all unfold, but I'm hoping to get it all out at some point next year. Hmm. But there'll probably be a few more singles before the album gets unleashed on the world. Before it comes out, yeah. I was chatting with Gina Jeffries and Tanya Koenigan the other day and I suggested to them a good name for a live album would be Live at the Open Borders. I don't think they've used it yet, so if you want to grab that, feel free. <laughs> That's a good idea. I just wrote that down. <laughs> All right. Now, where's the best place for our listeners to go to find out more about you, your music and upcoming appearances? Yeah, for sure. Well, everything is on my website, billyjoeporter.com. Mm -hmm. And if you want to listen to the tunes, they're all on the streaming services. Got some cool videos to go along with them on the YouTube. But I'm on the Instagram and Facebook as well. So you just search my name and you'll find me. Fantastic. Sadly, we're out of time, but it's been my pleasure to chat with the delightful Billy Joe Porter today. Billy, thank you for making the time to come and play on the road with us. Andy, thanks so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Shout out to all the drivers out there. We really appreciate what you all do. To close out our chat for today, would you please be so kind as to introduce your new single for us? My name is Billy Joe Porter, and you're about to hear my brand new song, Eyes Wide Open. Thanks, Billy. Have a great 2022. Same to you, Andy. Does not lie, cause she's 
your fate is written in the stars in the sky Darkness leaves as the light begins Story weaves that magic again Travel will play an essential role Learn to drift with the ebb and flow No matter what you do Natalie Kaskak is the chair of Women in Trucking Australia. I've been trying to catch up with Natalie for ages. I've stalked her around the Pilbara. I've chased her around up there in a quad. I ran into her one day at Oski and she walked up to me and said, G'day, and stuck a hand out and we had a bit of a chat for a few minutes. We've been going to talk for, I think it's what, 12 months now. I finally got hold of her. Natalie Kaskak, welcome to the show. G'day, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, mate. Have you been avoiding me? Has it been a willful thing? I think that's a general truck driver thing, isn't it? <laughs> We're always in the same place, but not. Then one person's got to leave, and that's just how it is, isn't it? <laughs> that's the way it goes. So you're still up in Port Hedland. You're still up there training people and running around in those big quads. I want to find out so the listeners can know where you actually come from, where you started, and how you ended up where you are now. Down the track, we'll talk about your views with training and things like that. But I want to just find out for the listeners, how did you get started, mate? You're driving the biggest road trains on public road in the world. How did that happen? Well, I can tell you now, I probably wasn't ever destined to be a truck driver. I was probably more destined to be a lawyer or brain surgeon, according to what my family wanted. Yep. But look, I came from an academic family and I was expected to study medicine or law at uni. Yep. And I was going to go down that path. But when I realized I'd be stuck studying for the next five to six years, the shine wore off a little bit and I thought I want to do something that I actually enjoy. I knew my family wouldn't agree with it. I was either going to be, I don't know, something completely out of my comfort zone and I guess when I was 17 I sort of started hanging out with my family in the country, all my cousins and uncles and they don't really talk to my family in downtown Adelaide and they were all truck drivers and mechanics and they all said, why don't you get your truck license? And I thought, there's no way in hell I could do that. Yeah. And they said, sure you can. So <laughs> two weeks later, I was booked into the local driving school and I went from my car license up to a semi. So I did a tile course. Yep. Training in lieu of theory, sorry, I think it is. Yep. Anyway, I did that and about 18 hours, I think, with a instructor, got my license, told my family who were less than impressed. <laughs> They were a very strict Eastern European family, and they said that that's no job for a woman yep. and that no living can be made from being a truck driver. And I guess they were doctors, lawyers, and nurses, and they probably never really thought about where the potatoes on their table came from yep. or how they got there. Yep. You can count on one hand all the females that I saw licensed and driving heavy vehicles, I guess, when I started to notice them in Adelaide after I got my license. Yep. Straight away, I thought, I want to do that because it's something different. <laughs> my family said I was the black sheep of the family and then I thought well I'll go on my own journey 
So I applied for about 10 different jobs in and around Wingfield and the industrial area and got 10 knockbacks and then one phone call. Yep. And the last place I went to said, come back in, we'll have a chat. They offered me a job sorting freight on a conveyor belt. And I thought, what the hell has that got to do with driving a truck? I had no idea. I thought I knew it and I had no idea. Yeah. So what I didn't know then was my boss took me under his wing, gave me a job sorting freight, packing pallets, cages. Then I got my forklift license, started loading trucks. Yeah, just awkward, long freight on top of cages. And I started to ring rope that and learn load restraint. And then after that, they'd give me the odd hot shot out to regional South Australia overnight. So I did that. Yep. Then I started to do multi-drop runs. Then I bought a trucking business with my then partner. Yep. And we had a V8 supercars business for six years traveling around Australia. Wow, really? Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That was pretty interesting. We were tied up with the FPR team. Well, you should be talking to Andy because he's right into that. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so nine months of the year, we crisscrossed Australia, went to all the V8s, car shows, hot rod shows, top fuel dragsters, sprint cars. We did all that stuff. That was my life pretty much. So it was good. Awesome. Awesome. There's a wicked learning curve. I've got a really good group of V8 family, really, that I still talk to, so that was good. After that, yeah, well, in that time, I went back to uni to make my family happy, I guess. So I studied my three-year paramedic degree. Right. I completed that. I went to work as a paramedic in Queensland with Queensland Ambulance. My family then said to me, oh, you finally have a proper job. <laughs> awesome. Yep. <laughs> But I never stopped driving trucks. I kept doing that up in Queensland and back home when I came home and eventually went back to driving full-time and got my MC license, started doing new changeovers, express market and all the Woolworth, Coles, DC deliveries to Melbourne and regional Victoria. Yeah. But I kept wanting to drive bigger and better. Yeah. So I set my sights high on road trains. Everybody I spoke to said, you don't want to do fuel tankers. I said, why? And they said, because you're driving a rolling bomb. And I said, well, that's exactly what I want to do because nobody else wants to do it. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, then I got my DG license and all my loading tickets to load fuel. Initially, I missed out on a tanker job that I wanted. So in the meantime, I went to drive cement agies underground, Olympic Dam. Okay. So I did that for a little bit, and then I actually got offered the tanker job that I wanted, and I started two weeks later. Yeah. I loved every bit of that. I think everybody that drives trucks, you know, you see people that do cattle, you see people that do fridge freight or low loaders and oversized. They all have their niche that they enjoy. Yes. And I think for me, I don't know why, I just love fuel tankers. I just love that everything's got to be precise. I don't know if it's OCD. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> But you've got to be methodical. You've got to do things right. Yeah. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I loved about the DG tankers, which I'm going back to do now. It's just a different sort of a job. There's not a lot of room for mistakes, is there, when you're carting things that can blow up or burn you? Yeah. Do a lot of damage if you make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I just loved every aspect of it. I mean, I got to do agricultural farms. I did passenger and freight trains. I did big bunkers in the big ships that come into port. Yep. I did service stations, industrial, everything. I, I just loved it. And then I got the opportunity to drive road train tankers, and that was my first sort of road train gig. And I had a regular run to Cooper Pedy in Outback, South Australia. Yes. I was very lucky. I had a bloke called Mark who I see still as one of my mentors to this day. Uh, he put the time in to train me and tell me the things that could go wrong and what to do, what not to do. Yeah. So I really valued what he had to say, and yeah, I still take his advice on board. I ring him regularly. It's good. It's good to have that ongoing kind of mentor. And after that, I did more remote fuel work to stations. And then I started training newbies. And that's what I sort of really enjoyed that because you get somebody that's never seen a fuel tanker. They don't know what a cam lock is or, you know, how many compartments in the tank. Mm. They don't know what a valve does. It's just teaching them from start to finish, you know, what's right, what's wrong. And it's rewarding for me anyway. Yeah. And I think you've got to have the right temperament and patience to deal with people that have come from all walks of life. Yeah. And like I said before, you've got to be methodical. It was rewarding for me. And then I also did a bit of relief scheduling at that same job, which I also enjoyed. I enjoyed that challenge. Yeah. You've certainly done your apprenticeship. I mean, you've been there and done that. And now you think your big thing's training. I know that because that's what I saw you doing when we ran into each other at Oscar that day. You've spent a lot of time, as you say, training people with tankers, and now you're training people in the big trucks up in the Pilbara, and that's your passion. What do you see for down the track? How do you think that's going to go? Look, I think employers have to be open to training and putting the time and, I think, funding into training the younger blood. I think everybody knows this industry. It's an aging industry. There's a little bit of a dinosaur factor, 
And I think when new young guns are up and coming, they often want to jump in the biggest, shiniest banger that they can drive straight away. They don't want to work into it. Yep. And something that you said before actually just triggered my mind. You said it was sort of like an apprenticeship. I didn't even realize it was like that, but I guess it was Yeah. because I had to start packing boxes and then forklift. And then that's how I ended up here in Port Hedland. I guess I've worked my way up yeah. and I kept wanting to drive bigger trucks just for my own satisfaction and to say I did it, I guess. Yes. But I guess when you look back on it, it is like an apprenticeship and we don't have anything like that. You get your cert for, I think, in driving operations and that can be tailored to transport or that can be tailored to freight trains. But there's nothing that on-the-job training, hmm. this industry needs that. Otherwise, we're going to have to keep outsourcing our workers overseas or I don't know where. I think you've spoken a bit on your previous shows about old school truckies that used to take their kids in the passenger seat on school holidays. That's right. And how they've been brought up through the generations doing that. And you're right, it can't happen these days. There's a lot of, not even to mention COVID with all the restrictions now, but a lot of mind sites. You can't bring kids. You can't do that kind of thing. The odd Adelaide to Melbourne or Adelaide to Sydney trip just because of insurance reasons. Fathers and mothers can't do that anymore. It makes it tough because we're looking to try and bring that next lot of new people in and we can't train them. I've had several conversations with different people with Glenn Sterling, with Cam Dumsney and others. Cam's probably the most passionate I think I've spoken to about the fact that we definitely don't give people enough training. Natalie, we need to hear a message from the sponsors because they help us bring the show to everyone. So let's hear from NTI. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Welcome back. I'm with Natalie Kaskak, the Chair of Women in Trucking Australia. I want to find out how that came to be, but also what she's doing now and her passion of training people. Natalie, I've had more training about driving when I started work with Campbell's up in the Pilbara than I've ever had at any other time in my career. Really? Like support to get started. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. Because when I think about how I started with them, I started off just in a double side tippers carting cement base products into Iron Bridge. Mm -hmm. Then I spent a couple of weeks doing that because I was comfortable driving a double road train, but I didn't know much about side tippers. So I had several days with a trainer to show me what to do. And then I went ahead and did that for a, a few weeks. And then I ended up in a quad. But I had, what was it, three, four days with a trainer sitting beside me in the quad. Then you're getting your vehicle operations competency done. And I had more one-on-one -on -one training doing that than I've ever had before when I've been driving. Well, I've got to be honest, I have seen a lot of companies up here with often the passenger seats filled, obviously with a trainer or a new person. Yeah. It's good to see that. Mm. But up here, I guess they've got to because the gear's bigger, it's heavier, it's hotter, conditions are different. Yeah. Look, you always have etiquette in truck driving, but I think up here, everybody's got to realise the gear's longer. Oh, yeah. Everything takes longer. It's good to see that. When I came here, I guess I did have triple road train experience, you know, just doing general freight up to Moomba and all the gas fields and that. Yeah. But I came here with my partner, so we actually cross-shift together. So <laughs> that's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because we barely see each other for 12 days straight. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got a 48-hour window to see each other. Yeah. But at the same time, you know who you're sharing with. You know your truck is clean. You know if there's a fault, it's going to be reported or something's going to be fixed. You work together. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. And he used to own his own tippers. So he taught me a lot as well. So I was very lucky in that aspect. Yeah. But training is, even for the newbies that come up here, my job is not to teach someone how to drive a truck. Yeah. They've got a license and they've done that with an instructor. What I'm teaching them is a procedure, say a tipping procedure or yeah. safe driving in a quad they've never done before. I've had a chat with operations at work and just put my point across and outlined that, hey, if you want new blood, 
instead of writing on a job advert, quad experience essential or something, mm. how about you say MC license required, mm. but triple experience seen as favorable? What I said to my boss, I said, how many people can you put an ad out to from the east coast of Australia that have triple and quad experience? There are not many roads on the east coast that run quads or triples unless you're in remote Queensland or farming cattle area and mining area. There's not that much. So you've got to be open to bringing people even with B-double experience and train them up. Yes. Put the time into them and actually explain what can go wrong with ring feeders, dollies, what can go wrong with height adjusters, just basic mechanical things. And one thing that I sort of introduced, there was a couple of people we had come through just with MC licenses that are just, I think, reefer freight or general freight. Yeah. And I said, that's great. I can sit in the cab with them and watch their driving and radio comms on the mine roads and all that. That's great. Yeah. I said, but what happens when they need to back off a brake or when they need to cage a booster yeah. or they need to chain up an axle? How are they going to know that if they've never been shown? Yeah. Yeah. So what the company that I work for, they do now, if someone's green like that, they'll put them in the workshop for half a day with a mechanic yeah. just to learn those basic things, which I think is invaluable because you get a lot of drivers these days that don't know that. Well, yeah, and you and I both know driving up and down that road between Headland and Oski anyway, it has its challenges, that bit of road, and there's not a lot of room for error. Mm. We've both seen it go pear-shaped up there. Absolutely. And the consequences sometimes aren't really very good. It might sound a bit weird to say, oh, it's okay just when a dog trailer ends up sliding off the side and falling over, no one dies. But the fact of the matter is that the potential is there for there to be real problems. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes some drivers are probably at the edge of their skill level. Does that make sense to you? Well, I think they can be on the edge of complacency. Mm, there's a bit of that, yeah. But if I had a dollar for every time I shake my head at work every day, mm. somebody does a stupid manoeuvre, you know, pulls out in front of a quad or... Yeah just dangerously overtakes or inattention. When you get a new driver that's in a new environment, completely out of their comfort zone, they're not used to having those reactions. It's good to ingrain that with them and try and get them to practice emergency stops. And what would you do if a cow walked out now? What would you do right now? Yeah. I remember the first time I sat behind the wheel of a quad and I looked in the mirror and I thought, Christ, there's a lot of truck back there. (laughs) (laughs) It's intimidating. I'd driven triples beforehand, not a lot. My experience really was limited to doubles. Probably count on one hand the amount of times I'd towed three before that. And I looked in the mirror and I thought, my God, all that truck. And it really struck home to me how we were working to the limits. Mm-hmm. And that was the challenge for me. And I'm glad that I've been and done it. Was it a new challenge for you coming to do quads as opposed to coming to Perth, be with your family and then just driving a B-double around town? Was it a new thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I came over here, I sort of thought I'd line myself up a job over here driving a tanker. And I did it for two weeks and it just drove me nuts. I was driving a pocket train. <laughs> no, that was crazy. Yep. And I had a chat with uh, Rose and I said, while I'm over here, why don't I take the opportunity? And she said, well, yeah, if you want to. And, I, and of course, I know who to talk to. And I talked to a couple of companies and Campbell said, well, we'll give you a shot. We'll send you to the Pilbara and see what you're made of. Yep. I've got to give them a shout out because they really did help me get my feet on the ground up there. And I'd go back to work from too. You know, don't be surprised if you don't see me up there again one day. It might happen. Absolutely. Well, that'll be good. It's good that, you know, the regular blokes and ladies and men, you know, get those opportunities and it's a different environment to work in than your normal Market Express or your tanker work. Oh, hell yeah. It's cool. It's good to say that you've done it. I loved it. I really did love it and it's been an education to me. It really has. Now, before we finish out, I want to talk about Women in Trucking Australia. I know that you're the chair and my friend Lyndall Denny's the the CEO and you've got a few new board members and things are happening. How did you get involved in Women in Trucking Australia? What are your plans? What's coming up and how are things going there? Well, I guess when I started training in fuel tankers, I just started to really enjoy training and I just thought, we need more of this. We need more people that are passionate in this industry because there's so many people that are not. Mm can be sometimes a negative spin on the industry in that respect. So I thought, what can I do? There's got to be some kind of group out there. And I started looking on social media and the internet. Yeah. And I just happened to come across Women in Trucking Australia and all this write-up about Lyndall Denny. I thought, who is this character? So I messaged her one day. Yeah. A few days later, we actually met up for a coffee at PP Wingfield in between our work, in our breaks. Yeah. And her eyes just lit up. We just had this most amazing chat. And then it wasn't long after that. They said, the rest is history, I guess. It was just over two years ago now. Yeah. And yeah, I joined the board and I was voted in as the chair. So 
you probably already know, we were lucky to get two rounds of NHVR funding for some community advertisements on national TV yes. regarding safety between you know cars and trucks on the road because there's not much of that. So I guess what we're about is safety of about trucks and cars on the road, bringing it out there to the community, telling people about it, making them aware, making them think about their decisions out on the road, but also to show that, number one, Women can drive trucks and there's plenty of support out there when probably years ago there never was. Yep. We're about networking, showing them they can do it, supporting them. We've been just inundated by men and women messaging, you know, the inbox of Women in Trucking Australia asking advice, yeah. saying, hey, I don't want to have my name out there, but can we put an anonymous question on the website? So we do that. Or how can I go about getting this license? Yeah. It's just the support network, I guess. And look, I'm of the belief that doesn't matter if you're male or female, as long as you can do the job and you can do it well. I'm a strong believer of that. Yeah, 100%. But also, I got a bit of a soft spot for getting women into the industry because I was destined to be a doctor or a lawyer and I was always frowned upon to do something out of the comfort zone. And when I knew that eventually I found, you know, there was support out there, it just gives you the guts to keep going and strive for bigger and better. I first started driving, like I said, packing boxes, driving rigid, then driving a semi. Now I'm driving quad road trains in the Pilbara, carting some of the heaviest road trains in Australia because I kept pushing, I kept wanting that. Yeah. So if I can show to other women that they just have to start off small mm. and you can always get bigger. Yeah. There's help out there, there's support. With the delays with COVID and everything, we've had to put off our first conference, first widow conference. So we're hoping we can get back on track with that in 2022, hopefully in Adelaide at some point. Yep. I'm lucky to have Lyndall Denny as a mentor. You know, she's the CEO and her efforts have been relentless, to be honest. It's been her little personal mission. <laughs> she's a piece of work. I'll tell you what, I love Lyndall. Yeah. She's a piece of work. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Absolutely. She's awesome. So there's a whole bunch of us working together on the board. And yep. I just hope that we can strive in the future to get more funding, just maybe for some training and maybe eventually come up with some training with some sponsors and government together. The industry needs something. We need something and hopefully we can be a part of that in the future. And if not, as long as we can help a few women and men get into the industry when they never think they can, yep. well, hey, we've accomplished something, you know. Oh, you've been doing some great work. Thanks for coming on the show and having a chat with us and letting us know a bit more about yourself and what you're doing. Hopefully we'll have a bit of a chat again down the track. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I hope to catch up with you in the windscreen at, in the Pilbara and have a drink after. <laughs> well, we'll see how we do on that, mate. But if you come over to Adelaide, let me know. I'll be floating around over there at least. Rightio. Sounds good. I've been talking to Natalie Kaskak. She's the chair of Women in Trucking Australia. And we've been on the road. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thank you. G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz. And you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day, it's James Johnston here and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over.
<coughs> well, I have on the phone a chap by the name of Mike the Oz Trucker. <laughs> We're catching up with Mike. He's out on the road, literally, in South Australia, I believe, as we speak. And for reasons other than work as such, Mike headed back home to New South Wales just before Christmas. And, uh, mate, you had a few dramas on the way over. Well, I've blown my four-wheel drive up completely. It's toast, mate. It's toasted. And our motor's seized. And I was obviously asking a little bit too much of the poor little girl. Was that all that Western Australian wine you had in the caravan, mate? That's right, mate. Too much weight? 14 pallets of Margaret River in the caravan, <laughs> mate. That's, that's what it was. I was just importing a bit of the grape. Where were you when it happened? Oh, over between Borough and Morgan mm. on the Goida Highway. And we're driving along, minding our own business, and there was a puff of white smoke, and we're oh, on a turbo. And then the next thing, it just lunched itself. Oh, dear. We coasted to a stop, and I don't know, six or eight hours later, we had it loaded on a tow truck, and they took it back to a little town there for us and locked it up. We headed home, and I borrowed a truck from a good friend of mine who should remain nameless for the time being, and went on a rescue mission. I'm sitting on the side of the road at Morgan now on the way back home with it. Look in the mirror and go, oh, where's the rest of the truck? Look out in the front and go, where's the rest of it as well? I'm not used to driving a cab over. Mm. Used to having about eight feet of bond out in front of me. Anyway. You had the bride in her car behind you, didn't you? Yeah, she was sliding along behind with that up. Good thing she didn't run up the back of you. No, she wasn't that close. Right. No, she just doesn't sort of drive that close. She's well trained as far as that goes. Did she have a UHF in her car as well? She did, yeah, yeah. Do you have the squelch turned right up on? <laughs> You've got to have the squelch turned up sometimes, mate. <laughs> you know how you have days where you should just stay in bed and you just shouldn't have done anything? Yeah. Well, I'll start at the start. First of all, I had to change a wheel. I blew a tyre, right? Yeah. So I changed the wheel, and to get the jack and everything out from behind the seat, I had to sort of take all the shit out that was in behind the seat. Yeah. And I've got a couple of dries of bone oil skins folded up that are sort of there behind the seat to use if it ever gets wet, right? Yeah. And I pulled those out and sat them on the roof of the car, mm. and promptly forgot to put them back in when we took off. Oh, no. Right, so I'm driving down the road, and I saw one fly off. They're all, like, wrapped up like a pillow, you know, your folded dries are bone up. Yeah. And I just happened to see it in the mirror. But it wasn't the first one I saw. It was the second one. Oh, God. Right, so anyway, Rose had been sent back on a mercy mission to try and find the other dries of bone, which she did, because they're not cheap, and it was undamaged, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. But my misadventure with the motor happened sort of while she was catching me up, so she wasn't right behind me when it happened, thankfully, but yeah. Yeah. So you're on the way homeward now with them all loaded on? I am, mate. I've got it all loaded up, and I'm going to head home and unload the caravan at home and then roll the car off, and we'll pull the motor out of it and see how much damage we've done. Mm. But given that it's seized, I think it might be an unrecoverable situation. Well, it's probably not a bad thing. You didn't have much to do at the moment anyway, did you? No, that's right. I just wanted to have some time to myself and do a few things around the house. Keep you out of the milk bars? Well, that's right. It's kept me out of the bar. I don't know about the milk bar. <laughs> it's one of those things that happens, chin up. I mean, it could be worse, mate. No one died. That's it. When they're only cars, they still build them. Yeah. Well, that's good, mate. I just wanted to catch up with you and find out how your Christmas went. I knew you had some dramas, but good to hear you sounding buoyant and happy and heading home again and everything sort of almost under control. Well, we got home in time to spend Christmas with the grandchildren in Sydney. Yep. So that was good. Getting passes and that to come back into South Australia was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. But we've worked it all out in the finish, so life goes on, you know. Happy days. Happy days. All right, mate. Well, safe travels back from there. How long before you get home? Oh, look, I'll be home in about 14 hours from where I am. So that'll be right. Ha you know, happy New Year to everyone. I'll be home for the New Year. I'll get home before midnight, New Year's Eve. And that's when everyone will be listening to this episode too, coming out New Year's Eve. So indeed, as Mike said, a very, very happy New Year to everyone. Yep. We look forward to spending more time with you again in 2022. And we'll be back same time next week with the first show of the New Year. We've got so much coming up, mate. I'm very, very excited about what's going on. We've got a lot of new Australian artists coming on interviews and to play some of their music. What, are they Italians or something? Sorry? Are they Italians or something? Italians? Well, you said new Australian artists coming on. New Australian artists? It's all right. That's what I said. Yeah, try and keep up. Remember back in the days when we used to refer to people as new Australians? Oh, God, right, eh? Yeah, all right. I wasn't thinking like that, mate. That's too complicated for me. <laughs> We've got a lot of Australian artists which are due to the industry coming up. There you go. 
playing some of the cracking tunes that they've laid down. And we're going to play a few of them. Yep. More interviews with some of the up-and-comers and some of the stars of music of all genres. Yep. I've already got a few people that want to come on the show. Yep. Oh, and by the way, we were the number one trucking podcast in Australia last year. Thanks to the listeners for that. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we were rated as that because we've been claiming it for a long time. Well, there was only one of us to start with, so we could say it with our tongue firmly in our cheek. Yeah. But there's now several Australian trucking podcasts. Look, we're all different, so please feel free to look up the other guys, have a listen. Once. You know, share their podcasts. We're all on the road. We're all doing the same thing. Everyone's got a different take. Yeah, that's it. I'm just very happy to be out here doing it and having a bit of fun with it. It's great. It is indeed. All right, mate, we'll save travels back and we'll talk to you next week. Good on you, mate. Take care out there and we will see you on the road. Yeah, right. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. Got a letter from the IRS saying your tax return is a terrible mess. Well, it's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the truckies tax accounting specialist. Soon as I get paid. Thanks, Andy and Mike. Hi, it's Ben Charles again for Truckies Tax Accountants here each week to help hardworking Aussie truckies wake the truck up. I want to give a special thanks to Andy and Mike for inviting me to join the On The Road podcast team for 2021, and I'll be returning in 22 to continue to be of service to Australian hardworking truckies. To all, I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas, and with my help, you're getting ready for an even better new year. Since we met in episode 45, I've covered a lot of Truckee Greatest Tax Tips. And today I'm just going to replay those each briefly and encourage you to listen to those tax tips in full on the episodes 45 and as listed 58 through to today. Those episodes, as you know, are available in full on ontheroadpodcast.com.au and the tax segments specifically are available on our website at truckeetaxaccountants.com.au. But most importantly, you can call me anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year to ask me whatever, whenever, and get answers tailored to your specific needs. So please take advantage of that. Okay, as mentioned, the greatest tips that I've talked about so far are as follows. In episode 58, we talked about were your refunds too small and how to fix that. And we talk about amended tax returns to recover unclaimed refunds. Money is attracted to everybody, so listen. Going forward, I've taught you in episode 59 about bigger, safer tax returns. So for 22, we've encouraged you to use the free and easy method to keep perfect records of all your work-related expenses. The more expenses you keep records of, the bigger your refund. The better the record you keep, the safer the refund. So that's madness not to take advantage of that free and easy method. In episode 60, I taught you how to claim your car, possibly your biggest expense, how to make your car eligible, and then how to keep a logbook to claim your car by logbook. So listen to episode 60 to make sure you're claiming between 50 and 20,000 each year for your car. And then for truckies doing long haul work, I've taught you how to claim all your meals, 
which is somewhere between 20 and 30,000 a year. If you're working locally, then you claim your overtime meals, which may be up to $10,000 per year. And that's covered in episode 61. In episode 64, I talked about how you can get more of your pay now by reducing your tax withheld. And that's why you have to have your money now rather than wait till the tax season. So that's covered in episode 64. And the most recent tip was whether to work under your TFN or your ABN, a question I'm asked very often by truckies. So that's in episode 65. But if you say, truck that, I don't want to read and listen to all those questions. I want you to answer my questions. And as I've noted, if you have questions, simply call me anytime to ask anything free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year on one 5151 Now, today is not only the end of 2021. It could be and should be the end of your lower and riskier tax returns. The end of being a truck and dummy and being poorly truck and served by tax preparers. Why not make the last day of 2021 the first day of a better life with bigger, safer refunds from 22 onwards, extra refunds from returns you've already lodged, and finally understanding what the truck is going on by listening to our lessons, calling our number, and submitting your questions. As always, everything I talk about here is covered by the ATO on ato.gov.au or call them on 132-861. They are the only people that count when it comes to tax. We always like to hear from you. So if you're keen to get more topics covered or you have specific questions or requests or comments, please send them to ontheroadpodcast.com.au or as I mentioned, call us anytime on 1-300-511-51. The answers to your questions will likely benefit many other Aussie truckies. Finally, for God's sakes, wake the truck up. It's free to listen and learn and to call us on 1-300-511-51 with your questions. So until next year or your appointment, I'm Benjamin Charles for Truckies Tax Accountants. Happy New Year. Stay safe out there. Hey, this is Gina Jeffries. And I'm Tanya Kernigan. And you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. <laughs> Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day, Mike. You survived Christmas, I gather. I have survived Christmas, mate, and now I'm looking towards surviving the new year. We'll see how we go. Yeah, indeed. Well, ditto up this way. Survive Christmas. Had a lovely time as much as you can when, you know, everyone's too scared to go out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. In fact, that was the cause of one little bit of a row that the bride and I had the other night. But you'll be pleased to know she eventually came crawling back to me on her hands and knees. All right, I what'd she say? She said, come out from under the bed, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the news, there's been a lot of news since Christmas, since we last were delivering the news. So do you want to do a bit of a roundup of some of the headlines over that time? I'd love to, mate. I really would love to do that. Let's do it then. Obviously, we've picked out a few stories that we want to just have a little bit of a look at, but I would encourage our listeners to go to the Big Rigs webpage and have a look. Mm. We've learned that the maintenance schemes are less of a compliance factor these days. Apparently, you don't need to be in a compliance scheme to be compliant. Who knew? There you go. Thanks to the NHBR for telling us that. Yeah. Women in Trucking Australia have launched their Christmas safety campaign. Now, we know that Christmas has passed, but we're still in the holiday season. Mm. Women in Trucking Australia have got three ads, which I've seen on the mainstream media, mate. They're pretty good at sort of revolving around the will you be next thing. They're pretty to the point, these ads. I quite like them. They go along there with other stuff we're going to talk about later on. Mm. We're going to talk a bit about the AdBlue as well, but there's a Brisbane plan to ramp up to the supply of AdBlue 
there's a new national class two road train guy being released by the NHBRG. They've been busy at the NHBR. Haven't they? Northfleet Transport have continued to expand with the acquisition of a crowd called JSS. It's one of Western Australia's largest truck and bus transport operations. And, of course, Midcoast Trucks have opened up in Coffs Harbour. So if you're up at Coffs and you're looking for a trucking deal there, go to Midcoast Trucks. Of course, they're talking about the chronic pallet shortage, which we all know about. And uh, Road Freight New South Wales, old mate Simon O'Hara has been expressing a bit of caution over the Port Botany Review, and why wouldn't he? Murray Bridge is going to get a boatload of money for a freight hub. Mm-hmm. And Oscold Logistics have been bought by Lineage Logistics, and that'll do with that. So go and have a look at the Big Rigs webpage and get those. And we'll have a look at the other things that we've got a little bit more detail on, mate. Yeah, well, just proof that the trucking industry doesn't shut down just because it's Christmas, eh? That's right. They're out here still doing it. And just worth mentioning, you've probably noted that the quality of Mike's audio isn't quite up to what it's been in recent times. (laughs) For this week, because Mike's back out on the road, we've needed to go back to our old school method of recording the news. So (laughs) this is real time. This is Mike sitting in a truck on the road, which is what Mike does. (laughs) So bear with us. Mike, the ongoing AdBlues saga continues, as you were saying, with the ATA voicing concerns that suppliers are yet to provide useful information about the supply and demand issues. Mate, it's one of those things that everyone seems to know a little bit about it. No one knows everything about it. Everyone's got their own opinion on it. There's been several different articles written about this, and obviously they're all on the Big Rigs webpage. Hmm. The price hikes have been astronomical. I've actually seen some pictures of AdBlue, $3 a litre. And I mean, the prices people have been asking for a 10-litre container, you know, we'll just go and buy a few and we'll go down the roadhouse and open the boot up, you know, flog them for 50 bucks for 10 litres and that sort of stuff. It's absolute rubbish the way it's been going on. Yeah. No one knows what's going on with it. And the worst part about it, if you're running a Euro truck, the sensors in those things actually measure the amount of urea in the AdBlue. You can't fool them at all. Mm. And if you can't get AdBlue, that truck's not going anywhere. It's derated. It's a real pain. And, of course, as you said there, the peak bodies have been talking about what's going on and, you know, no one's got any real answers about it. There are some answers coming. We've got supplies coming but it's all too far away and no one really knows what's going on. And, of course, there are a few mongrels out there that are buying up as much as they can get and putting them in the back of their shed. Yeah. You can't blame them for that, I suppose, because they're just trying to protect their own operation. Mm. It just makes it hard on everybody. And I really do wish that we could take a little bit of a pragmatic view and say, look, we can disable the AdBlue for six months until we get this sorted out and we'll live with the minor environmental cost. I get a bit sick of the greenies and all the politically correct beating their chest, clutching their pearls and going, oh, the environment. Mm. The fact is that we got along without this stuff fine for a good while. Yep. And the earth will survive humans. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. So well, I honestly can't see that we can't just be realistic and deal with the problem that we face on the ground rather than having to try to be all things to all people all the time. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mate, the Victorian Transport Association says that the exorbitant increases in the prices of AdBlue being charged to truckies clearly illustrates the problems with sovereignty in the supply chain. Oh, mate, absolutely. You won't get an argument out of me on any of that. The fact of the matter is that the ACCC really do need to have a look at what some of these people have been doing Yeah. because some of it's clearly been price gouging. Yep. I can't be convinced any other way, and I, I don't think I'm the only one thinking that. Hmm. As soon as it became obvious to everyone it was an issue, the price went from under a dollar or around a dollar a litre to over $3 a litre in some places, like in 24 hours. Yeah. This is not because we've had to pay more for the supply. It's because they've decided they're going to profit from what's in the tank, in the ground. Yeah. And, you know, it's just wrong on every level for me, taking advantage when you get the opportunity. Yeah. Now, Mike Daimler is in the process of developing a scalable truck platform for autonomous driving based on the Freightliner Cascadia. They are. They will say there are four key areas uh, with redundant architecture of the braking systems, steering systems, low voltage power net, and the communications. They're well on the way to making this thing happen. They're not the only ones. There are a lot of people working towards these autonomous trucks to work on the highway. Obviously, people are going to have safety concerns around these things. They don't have a human supervisor. Hmm. And in a way, that's a good thing. In a way, that's a bad thing. I mean, humans crash trucks all the time and cars and we have accidents. We nod off. We make bad choices. We don't judge the road properly. There's a lot of reasons why trucks fall off the road and people get hurt. 
And I'm sure that these autonomous trucks will in some ways be better, vastly better probably, because they can maintain their concentration at the same level for kilometre after kilometre after kilometre. Yeah. But there are some pretty unique problems with them as well. I mean, what happens if they blow a tyre? Yeah. What happens if they accidentally run out of power? They simply can't account for all the, the little things that happen on the road. There's more to driving a truck than sitting there shifting the gears and turning the wheel, much more got a computer that crashes all the time too without any human input. How hard is it to get the Bluetooth to hook up to your car for God's sake and stay hooked up once you've done it? I wouldn't know, mate. My car's too old. It doesn't have any fancy stuff like that. <laughs> all right. then. <laughs> In all seriousness, you have a look at the technology that we all know and love. You're sitting at home and you've got your wireless 5G internet or something, but your internet goes down. It happens. Yeah. What happens when there's a failure with this one of these things barreling down the road doing 100 kilometres an hour and there's a glitch in the system or a failure? Doesn't bear thinking about. Uh, it doesn't even bear thinking about. Mm. And I can imagine from a driver's point of view, if you're sitting there watching one of these things steering themselves and the 99.9999% of the time the thing does the job perfectly, you're not going to maintain your interest level. And when a father does make a mistake, old mate's sitting there reading a magazine or something, you know? Yeah. It's one of those tough things. We like the idea of being safer. We like the idea of being more efficient. And yeah, we might be able to get rid of a driver. Mm. We can have a talk to the TWU about how much drivers don't get paid for the extra work that they do, like sitting in lines at DCs and all this sort of thing. Well, you could if they'd talk to you. <laughs> we could if they'd talk to us, yeah. Yeah. But who's going to pay for all the unpaid work that the truck drivers do? Indeed. Let me put this out there. Shut your eyes for a minute and imagine electric trucks that drive themselves. The old grey mare, she ain't what she used to be. <laughs> it's all nice and it all works well in theory, but we all know about theory, don't we? Yes, we do. Freightliner Cascadia. Dr. Peter Vaughan-Smith is the head of the Autonomous Technology Group at Daimler. Every smart autonomous driving system needs a strong foundation. And our Level 4 platform is based on the Freightliner Cascadia. Mm. That's an ideal integration of autonomous software, hardware, and computers. He reckons it can significantly contribute to the enhanced safety in the traffic. We can do lots of things. The question really is, should we do them? Yep. People need to work, and there is a class of people who really love trucking. I'm one of them. Mm. There are people out here that do this because they love it, but also because they make a good living at it. It contributes to the community. Yep. And I have to ask, if they're that dead set sure on making some minor safety gain, why don't we spend it on proper trucking infrastructure and things for drivers to make their life better? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole other argument to this. It sort of gets lost in the technology and everyone loves technology. I love technology. Mm. But there's a whole other side to it and we need to think about it more before we go ahead and do it just because we can. Yeah, indeed. Well, there is an upside to it, mate. It'd be absolutely hilarious to watch some idiot in the car pull up beside the truck at the lights and start yelling at the driver that isn't there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, following calls from the transport and logistics sector highlighting the need for nationally agreed driver qualifications, the federal government has announced a new truck driving apprenticeship which will be a Certificate 3 in driving operations. Wonderful. Mm. Absolutely wonderful. Mm. I'm so excited by this announcement. I can tell. It shows. Can you hear one hand clapping? I can. I can. <laughs> Each state and territory can now consider adding the apprenticeship to their training programs with existing Commonwealth funding for apprenticeships and training flowing on as soon as they do. Mm. Look, it's a nothing announcement. It's one of those things that's designed to elicit some sort of a response. It sounds good, but in itself, it is nothing. Well, it was a good excuse to get a photo of Scott Morrison sitting in a truck. Well, that's right. Mm. I mean, old mate Scott probably wouldn't know how to shift a gear, but anyway, <laughs> this is a clear-cut example of change for the sake of change. Mm. As I've said a hundred times before in many, many different formats, mm. people don't train drivers because drivers don't stay with them. Yep. There's no reciprocity. There's no commitment to service. It's a zero-sum game. Mm. You know, some big company will take on a young driver, They'll pay for all the idiots' mistakes that they make. Yep. And as soon as that there's a flash big Kenworth or something with a bit more bling or another centre kilometre or something like that, they're off like a shot out of a gun. Yep. And there's no holding them back. So it basically stops people from training drivers. This is not a new problem. Driver training, driver retention and utilisation of resources within a company has been an issue for ages. The whole driver training and licensing thing has been on the back burner for the best part of 20 years. Yep. You know, we've, we've talked about it over and over. It came up in Glenn Steele's inquiry. It did. It's one of those things that's just an ongoing issue. 
and some dinky little announcement from the Prime Minister for a photo opportunity in a truck, I'm afraid, for me, it doesn't cut it. So how much are you going to put down for the odds of something changing in our lifetime, mate? Uh, mate, I wouldn't even give you even money. <laughs> yeah, I thought not. You know, the states and territories can consider doing it. Mm. You, when you up your ankles in bullshit already. There you go. The Minister for Employment, Workforce, Skills, Small and Family Business, is that a bloody mouthful or what? Mm. Stuart Robert said the new trucking apprenticeship was an example of Morrison government's commitment to driving new opportunities for Australians to take control of their careers and get ahead through skilling. Get me a bucket. <laughs> I mean, seriously. We're going to go to TAFE and learn how to drive a truck, apparently. <laughs> After all the opportunities to train people have been destroyed by, you know, whatever's happened in the last two years, we won't even go into. Yeah. But there are the insurance issues. There are the work safe issues. There's the straight out money and profitability issues, why people aren't training. Mm. They want you to have five years experience and be over 25 before they'll let you near a truck these days. Mm. There are problems to be addressed. Look, I love the idea of an apprenticeship. I love the idea of skilling. I love the idea of having a piece of paper. But there's more to, they say it in this article, there's more to driving a truck than just shifting gears. Yep. What we do need is we need mentors. We need people to go out and be able to be in a truck with an experienced person for more than a day to show them how to do the job and do it safely. And they need to be able to start and work their way up, not get a bloody heavy combination license when they come here from overseas the first day they get here and then four days later get a B-double license and be running around driving B-doubles four days later. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. Things need to change. We've been talking about it for a while. I'll get off my soapbox now. Fair enough. Well, as Mike always says, go on to the Big Rigs page and you'll see all the information there. You'll have the added bonus of a lovely photo of ScoMo sitting in a rig pretending to drive it as well. He is. And he's got the shirt on. He's got the sleeves rolled up and all the rest of it. He's sitting in a Mac. We should have had an on-the-road cap for him as well. That would have been good. Well, that would have been nice. He's sitting in the passenger seat, though. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wrap up the news for now, mate. Thought for the week, a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that others throw at him. <laughs> well, this is true too. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of negativity in my life now, mate. Good luck with that. Yeah, no, I've decided that Mondays, I hate Mondays. Mm. So now we're going to have pre-taco Tuesdays on Monday from now on. <laughs> okay. That's it. So I don't want to hear any more about Monday. It's pre-taco Tuesday, all right? All right. I'll keep watching the mail for my tacos to come. <laughs> on you, mate. We'll see ya. All right, bud. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Aussie country legend Troy Casadaly teams up with Queensland-based blues master 8-Ball Aitken in this rocking instrumental called Old Hickory. That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Anyway, that's it, brother. You've now got it. Andy says... They're going to love it. They're really going to love it. And our guest says... Sweet. <laughs> until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. <laughs>